You're a good conversationalist, Duffy. Uh, I, I try to learn, right? Like I'm always trying to learn. Um, I, I, I made a goal in life, right? Like somebody asked me one time, they were like, hey, John, if you had to like set a goal for what you want your life to end up as, right? Like at mm. the end of life, you're like, I, I, I did my goal. What would it be? Now, like some people are like, oh, I want to be rich or oh, I want to be famous, whatever it is. I want to be happy. Mm. All right, that's it. <laughs> so, so like, uh, and then he was like, all right, cool. You want to be happy. What do you need to do that makes you happy? And I was like, well, I like having fun. Like anything that's fun, I'm, I'm down. All right, I'll, I'll go do that. I'll, you know, eat cookies, <laughs> go shooting, whatever it is that makes me happy. And then, um, and then the other thing is like, I like learning. I, I like being a student. I like learning things. I like, I like learning things that are hard for me to fucking get through my head mm -hmm. so for me uh learning and having fun equal happiness so every day i try to learn something new and i try to have a little bit of fun at least so even if i just go on my phone and i'm like uh, i don't know anything about you know whatever biology in this in this sense mm -hmm. um i'll go look it up and i'll go check it out and see or learn more about anatomy learn physiology kinesthetics like anything i can get to understand uh something new for um, sure so. there's there's like a thirst for learning mm -hmm. yeah it's one of those things where you get exposed to something that that you you're like oh that didn't come very easy right i need to i need to dig into that a little bit deeper right. and then you go whoa this is a whole different like world that i haven't seen before yeah so um, that and then it's and you get challenged by something new, right? Yeah. It's, it's not comfy. Uh, some people don't like that, but I like being challenged. I like trying new things. I like uh, really, really pushing my boundaries on what's comfortable. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that's that's really what <laughs> like I, literally every day. I'm like you're trying to learn something new, have fun. Yeah, and I, I try to share that with students, you know, and and peers and people around me because I think. Um, I try to, I try to set like a more, or I'm trying to be more fun around myself and usually it's contagious, right? Like fun's contagious, just like chaos. Right. Yeah. I mean, like why, why shouldn't we have fun? Mm -hmm. Like we don't have to be like the super focused, you know, um, mm -hmm. we're serious dude all the time. Mm -hmm. And I've fuck man, I've been guilty of that shit. Yeah. I've totally been guilty of that shit. Absolutely. And it's like, ah, that kind of sucks actually. Yeah. It's like, let's just have fun. It's, it's not fun being, uh, like angry, mean, macho fucking, uh, you know, like I gotta, I gotta act like I'm carrying suitcases all the time. Sure. You know, walk around. Right. Uh, because I, whatever that persona is, isn't fun for me. Mm -hmm. It's not enjoyable. It's exhausting more it's, than anything. Th that's a great description. It's exhausting. So it's it, to me like giggling and laughing uh, is enjoyable. It's it's fun. It's it's what we did as kids, you know. And then it brings you back to that kind of like that, that lifestyle of being a child. And they have the best lives. <laughs> no responsibility. They, they don't even wear shoes, you know? <laughs> right. It's awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you bring that up, man. I was just having a conversation with one of our friends, uh, that was over here the other night and we were talking about that in terms of you, you have to have this, this specific hardness, right? 
or approach or persona, mm-hmm. not only did like you don't have to have it to do what we did as as snipers or what you did as a ranger, mm-hmm. but in order for you to be accepted yeah. as a professional in some of those regards, you it's almost like you're expected to have that persona of right. like, I'm don't fuck with me, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> I am the fucking subject matter expert. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that kind of sucks because it doesn't have to be that way. And, yeah. you know, he was saying, he's like, but can you be professional without that? Or can you be professional or perceived as being professional as like, I'm just laughing and I'm having a good time. And, mm-hmm. and like, I'm outwardly appearing to not take this as serious as you would expect me to. But in reality, it's really fucking serious. And this is how I figure out ways to communicate with people teaching them something really serious yeah it's it's uh i mean we, we see it in a bunch of different industries too it's like you you know there's there's a persona that's expected right an athlete right mm-hmm. we expect them to act a certain way like when you meet them they're you know we hope they have a sharpie in their hand already like they expect you to ask for an autograph or you expect them to be able to you know be fast or strong or whatever um, there's always like a persona or an expectation that other people have on, um, I think, certain subjects right? mm-hmm. or certain people. Right? Us as, as shooters or as teachers, people have a an expectation like, oh, that guy knows everything. Exactly. And I'm like, man, no. <laughs> I'm still learning <laughs> like all the time. Yeah. So, um, you I think, know. I think that's what separates instructors and teachers, though, is the what you just said that uh, the assumption that as a instructor or whatever is going to know everything, right? And I think mm-hmm. there are instructors out there that beat their chest this, that... Uh, live that persona. Yeah, live the persona of like, yeah, I know everything, right? Mm-hmm. And it's an immediate tell tale sign that they don't know shit about fuck, right? And a lot of it is just a regurgitation from what they uh, has worked for them mm-hmm. ultimately um, and that they, they can just get away with. And, and then yeah. what a lot of it is, especially with uh, students that um, don't have any kind of uh, like a frame of reference, frame of reference for education, other than obviously their, their basic, you know, uh, classes that, you know, maybe they went to school for or whatever mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like the firearm industry. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially if this is their first class, we talked about this the other yeah. day is like you know when they give us feedback hey this is a great the greatest class in the world we appreciate that feedback um obviously but um we also don't want to be stuck in our own echo chamber right right we want we want hard solid uh uh, criticism in terms of like hey um but don't just like grill us like like this is all fucked up like give (laughs) us a solution right well that and give us like why yeah yeah, yeah, like why is it messed up why why should I change what I'm saying and what backs that up to an mm-hmm. extent? Um, like, uh, like, like we talked about actually the other night too is about trigger stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like trigger on a handgun, you know, there, there's the, the thought process that, Oh, you just grip it really hard and you can rip on that bitch. And I was like, no, <laughs> like you can't, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's a certain time and place where I can be more, um, for, or the trigger is more forgiving because the gun is closer, the target is bigger, or target smaller and I'm further back, like it's well, not forgiving. Right. So in that same using that as an example, mm-hmm. right? Let's just say you were like, 
Hmm, I heard that. I've heard that, right? Mm -hmm. I've actually been taught that, mm -hmm. that, you know, and so if I, you know, I had a, uh, I held that individual in high, high regard, regard based upon reputation um, and obviously performance mm -hmm. as well. And I'm witnessing it happening in front of me, you mm -hmm. know, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, that's fucking clearly the way to do that. Like, let's do that. Cool. Let's try to do that. And then unless you had a desire to, or something tripped and you were like, hmm, that's kind of suspect, mm -hmm. you know, even after that, you'd have to know the direction that you needed to take to verify or vet that information. Oh, absolutely. You know, so it's like, that's where like the discovery learning comes in where we're like, hmm, mm -hmm. okay, let's break that all down and figure out, is that really a thing? And can I verify it? Well, it's just like you guys talk about all the time, um, like discovering your own truths. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, or verifying, right. Like trust, but verify, trust, but ver verify, right. Like we, we don't want to go out and just be like, all right, he said that mm -hmm. that's what it is. Yeah. Like, it's like, go test it if you can. Right. If it's something that's some, something that you can quantify, like why not go? Right. If, if you were dead set, all right. Like you were like, no dude, if I just grip it hard, I can get shots off. It doesn't matter how I work my trigger. I'd be like, all right, cool. Let's go outside to those little steel targets. And let's let's try it. Like <laughs> we got ammo, we got guns. Let let's go try it, mm -hmm. and we can make or get enough sample sizes to give you data to go ahead and back it up, or disprove it, right? Or both, right? Fall fall in between and be like, you know what? It worked fifty percent of the time, and you're like, all right, cool. I can do that sometimes, or I can do that within the range of five yards and in. You know, or, sure. or if the target size is a human body and five yards and in, mm -hmm. or like, there's different things, right? So, right? so we can find our own data and we can find our own truths mm -hmm. that way. And you got to like be able to, you have to be able to push yourself to do it and have the desire to say, well, let's try that. Yeah. You know, like the, the pushing on the bell housing on the scope, mm -hmm. Uh huh. you know, that's, that's a huge eye opener for mm -hmm. people, right? Loved it. And Loved just it. a little bit of pressure on that thing it's going to cause problems. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we have, it's like you hear people that are like, man, you know, I was, I was solid. And we have to look at that and go like, why did I miss? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's almost like people believe that they're completely infallible or that they're incapable of not pressing the trigger cleanly 100% of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we all break bad shots. Of course. And, and it's like, Usually when I hear somebody say that, it's like they, they're, they, they're fighting within their own mind mm -hmm. against why they actually know why they fucking missed. Yeah. Right. They know it, but they're fighting in their own mind to fucking like justify it. It's the, the little, know? little angel and the devil. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, oh my God, you're amazing, bro. And then the other <laughs> yeah. one's like, no, you're not. You should practice more. And the other yeah. one's like, no, you're fucking amazing. Like, right. you know, <laughs> they go back exactly. and forth. And, and you don't know which one to listen to at that point. Right. Uh, but you have to have the maturity to understand like, hey, man, shut up. I do need to practice more, mm -hmm. you know, and like and like figure out how how to get And that's not a there. fucking bad thing. Like, mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing. No. It's like, no, it means that you're going to push the boundaries and it means that you're going to figure shit out for yourself. Yeah. And you're going to figure out what works for you. Yeah. I definitely think that there's something to be said, like for shooting with people that are better than you. Mm -hmm. Right. Because... Absolutely. It gives you like a reasonable benchmark to, to achieve. Well, it's like, um, it, it gives you that light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, Oh man, I'm so far back here, but I could see it. So 
you know, if I could see it and I'm willing mm -hmm. and mature enough and like try hard enough and practice and learn and do all the things I need to do, I can get out of this tunnel. I can yeah. get to that light and I can, I can achieve that greatness or that, that level of, of proficiency at that point. And I can do it. Right. And, and, but people doubt themselves so much that they're like, you know, and it's really far. I don't have the time. I don't want to put the money into it. Like, you know, it's, it's not really worth it to me. Like, cool, man, that's, that's your choice. Mm -hmm. But don't you? You can't go and be like, "Oh, that's impossible." You can't say that. At sure, that. sure. You know what I mean? Like, your, your 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 opinion is no longer valid at that mm -hmm. point. Yeah. In, in terms of talking about that particular subject. That subject, yeah. Yeah. No, and it, and it, it happens. It happens. One of the one of the coolest things I saw in um, in a law enforcement sniper class uh, taught by one of our mutual friends. Um, he was like, "Hey guys, have you heard that you can't lay your barrel on a barricade?" Like never lay your barrel on a barricade, whether it's an AR, a bolt gun, whatever. And um, and he was like, and everybody's like, yeah, we've all heard that. I I was like, yeah, I've heard that. You never put, you never do that. I right? know where this is going. Yeah, and uh, he goes ahead and he's like, all right, cool, we're gonna do that. And we laid on a PRS barricade and laid the barrel on there and shot a group on a blank sheet of paper that had just one sticky dot, like a little pasty. And uh, and guess where the rounds went. High, right? Like exactly what we thought, but it wasn't drastically crazy at 100 yards. It was six inches for me, and I was like, "Wow!" And I, I could make a nice tight group with it still. So, so with that, I was like, "Well, it's not never, but if I do, and the circumstances dictate that I may have to, then I know what bullets may do down there." Sure. You know. So it was, it was a learning ex exercise to learn my own truth on that barrel being leaned against something. Sure. And there's people that would argue against like, oh, you'd never fucking whatever. You'd never have to do that. It's like, well, like something as simple for you as like mechanical offset with a, with a carbine, mm -hmm. right? We have to teach that. Yeah. We have to explain that inside this distance, the line of sight is here and the bullet is coming out here, which mm -hmm. happens to be 2.75 inches mm -hmm. above where the bullet is. And until you like show that to somebody and like write it out on a board, and sometimes it takes as long as to go up and actually shoot it at the three meter line mm -hmm. for people to go, oh, okay, like you have to experience that. Yeah, you know, yeah. you gotta like that's part of the learning process. Especially somebody very new to it that's never never even seen what a ballistic drawing looks like, mm -hmm. or like even even just a doodle. Um, that and then also just their their um impression of firearms a lot of people's impressions of firearms come from hollywood mm -hmm. and and what do they do they're like no matter the, the range as dramatic as possible yeah <laughs> and everything always goes where it wants to be or needs to be or is just absolutely crazy because they're not using sights or anything right you know like and um and if it is a perfect shot, it's like, oh, the crosshairs were right on him. Or it's this massive event where it's just like so dramatic and he missed. He's like, he missed. How did I miss? How did I miss? And it's like, because you fucking missed, dude. Yeah. Like, that's the way it works. But uh, but they never show you like, hey, man, that guy, he's like 80 yards from me. That that actor has a 25-yard zero. Like, what does he hold for a good hit on that? You know? Like, they never do that. Right. They're really just like... Uh, they'll always get there, whatever. So it's it, there's a fallacy there because of the 
the Hollywood that we've all grown up watching movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, I, I know I can carry a 240, but not for very long, and I can't shoot it from my shoulder. It's too heavy. I can't control that thing. But I've seen Arnold do it. So in my mind, in my kid's mind eye, you know, <laughs> it's like, do it, bro. Right. You can do it. So it's it's difficult. It's not something I can sit there and do all day long. So um, so <laughs> so we have that that kind of image of anything from from movies, games, whatever it is, and then and then as you grow as a shooter, you're like, man, I kind of I, I realized I, I wasn't as good, or I had to practice more, or it's not like it is in the movies, which I hear all the time. Right. So um, a good example is like brand new shooters learning how to shoot a handgun. They're like, wow, this looks so much easier when you're watching like Hollywood or a movie or something. I'm like, yeah, because it's not that. Right. <laughs> like exactly, you know, it's not that at all. This is this is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like it's extremely difficult to do, um, and even replicate. You yeah. know, even replicate with a, a small degree of accuracy. Mm-hmm. So, no, absolutely. Well, man, um, I kind of like the way that we we do this now. Yeah, we've done it for a couple episodes now. And we like it. Instead yeah, just of just free doing, flow. Yeah, I dig it. Um, so, first off, man, thanks for coming again. Absolutely. Um, Let's introduce our guest. Yeah, it's, we're eighteen minutes in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it, was good, it was good. It was a good. Uh, it was a good. It was a good. It was a. I liked it. I liked. Uh, I liked the way that we just rolled into the conversation. Um, but yeah, uh, eighteen minutes in. Hopefully, you guys have stuck with us so far. Welcome to the Modern Day Cyber Podcast. You've got uh, Phil Vallejo here, uh, one of your hosts, and um, with our other awesome host, Kalen Wojcik, and we're still down here in uh, Baker, Florida. It's our last night. It's our last night. Uh, we just finished up the last day of the second class at uh, our the Altist or at Altist Shooting Solutions. We have two classes down here. Uh, you've already probably listened to our first our other podcast that we did uh, earlier this week, and uh, we've got our good friend. Um, John Dufresne. Dufresne. It's uh, French and Italian. It's something weird. Something weird. But also known as uh, Duffy or uh, Mocha, or actual, the owner. Because... Yeah. Because you're mocha. Yeah, I'm, I'm brown. Yeah, and I'm, I'm cuddly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, a good, good nickname from the army. Um, tell us about. Uh, tell us. Tell our listeners about uh, who you are and and kind of just real quick uh, rundown of uh, your your background and um, kind of what uh, I guess um, uh, launched you into uh, precision rifle shooting. Cool. Um, so my name is John Dufresne, um, also known as Duffy. I own uh, Kinetic Consulting, and it's a, a business I started to uh, introduce training and consulting into the civilian law enforcement and military world. Um, I, I started teaching before I even had a company, and um, and uh, it was it was fun, and I, I actually got joy out of seeing people learn. And uh, and then it, I realized I was like, wow, well, I can I can actually make this business. Yeah. So, uh, so leaned into it pretty hard, and uh, and went straight for it. Uh, once I uh, realized I I actually enjoyed it, and and shooting in general was always a passion and and fun for me, and I loved learning. Um, I realized like there's there's a certain limit that you get to when when you're a teacher, that you're like, man, I uh, I feel like 
if I go to a class, I want to be challenged more, Mm -hmm. right? Like if it's a night vision class, I feel very comfortable in a night vision class, right? I teach it. I, I utilized it in the army. Um, and, uh, and so I like to be challenged and that's, that was the biggest thing that, that drew me into the, uh, precision rifle world. And, um, I was never a sniper in the army. Um, my time in the military was at third ranger battalion and I was an assaulter primarily. So the majority of my stuff was done indoors around structures, like doing, doing ranger things, right. Breaking things. And, uh, and it wasn't on the sniper side and we had snipers, um, I hung out with them, but I never went out and actually shot with them. Right. And discovered, and I may not have been mature enough to enjoy it and realize like, you know what, I want to shoot things far away too. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't actually, uh, I didn't have that chance while I was in the military. So I didn't dawn on me until about two years ago when I went to, um, one of the uh, snipers or sniper training for one of the local agencies by me where I live. And, uh, that local agency, they were like super cool. They were like, Hey man, you can shoot our gun. And I'm like, oh, cool. Cause I don't have one yet. And, uh, and I had a blast. It was so gratifying to, to hit 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, 700, 800, like, and just go in succession down the line and realize that it was, wasn't as hard as I thought, uh, at that moment, at least. Yeah. And uh, simple belly shooting. And, of course, I didn't know exactly what I was doing. So, you know, some of that was trial and error. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, you know, applying the standard firearm fundamentals that I've known most of my adult life at this point, um, I I just was able to shake it out. But I enjoyed it. And it, it drew me in a little bit. And, um, and then at that point they were having like their own sniper school mm-hmm. that they were going to put on. And, uh, and I took an AR with a scope on it and took that through their school, had a blast, failed a lot, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know, people need to fail more, uh, so they could learn more, yeah. but, um, but failed a ton. And I was like, man, I need to know how to do this better, you know? And, and the school was good. It, it really covered a lot, but it wasn't enough and in depth enough for me, mm-hmm. right? Because teaching teaching law enforcement, you have to you you can't go so far into the weeds that you lose dudes. Yeah, you have to stay relatively up to modulated. Up-down. Yeah. Time. So, um, so I went around and I was like, well, uh, I asked that instructor at the time. I was like, hey, you know, if I wanted to go take classes and do more precision rifle stuff, who would you suggest? And immediately he brought you up. Right. And I brought up Kalen and, uh, and modern day sniper. And, uh, he had had you guys down for one of their, like a, like a law enforcement course for them originally. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe we met when you guys drove in on the range cause I was teaching on the range too. Yeah. And we yeah. like, we like shook hands, said hi. But, um, but other than that, it wasn't anything crazy. And, it, and, uh, and after that it, it didn't, it didn't kind of, um, which one call it lead to anything. But when he when he mentioned you again, I was like, all right, let me let me look at my schedule. Let me look at their schedule and kind of try and find some spot where I can fit it in. And that's when I came out to Yakima. Mm-hmm. And uh, I that was f- fucking super rad, man. I mean, dude, was, super fun. You know, I'm glad that you came out. It oh, was yeah. cool to me- it was cool to to shoot with you there, and then you know have have mm-hmm. Phil there on top of it. That yeah. was the first summer that we were working together. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, to have you come out and it was like, oh, this is this is badass. Yeah, I've heard I had heard your name mm-hmm. through um, through Fisher um, and through Jack and. Mm-hmm. You know, good deutery goes a long way. And so it was like, oh, cool. Get to finally meet this guy. Yeah. And and you know what? Like, uh, one of my favorite parts was I was going to a class that I was not good at. Right? Like, so uh, as a teacher, right, or, or a quote-unquote instructor, um, those, or we, or this community of them, don't like to fail a lot, especially in front of other people. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, it'll diminish my ability exactly. to show that I'm an instructor too and I know exactly. things. But it's such it's such a weird thing because students actually enjoy shooting next to instructors, right? They like they're like, oh my God, that's why why is Duffy here? And the guy that worked at B. Myers, he was like, mm. holy crap, like, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like to learn things, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and to me that, you know, it's one of my goals in life. So it, it fit in perfectly. But, uh, but I was willing to travel literally diagonal yeah, across man, the country, long ways. you know, to, to come and learn something new and challenge myself, fail a lot, miss shots, not figure out how to work on wind, you know, different environment that I'm not used to. There was zero palm trees. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Our range is fucking grass yeah. and sagebrush. Yeah, but there were apples, so that was there's nice. apples. Yeah, so there's fruit. Um, but I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was four days of you know getting kicked in a little bit, and and letting you know leaving my ego to not interfere with my learning process. And not being like, whoa. Allowing yourself, it's it's like, hey, man, I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm mm-hmm. learning something new. Exactly. So I'm not going to kick myself in the dick for every fucking mistake that I make. Or exactly. whatever whatever I would even perceive to be a mistake. Mm-hmm. Because it all depends on the lens that you're looking through. Right? And I've, I've just come to discover this, you know, as I've kind of delved a little bit deeper into myself. And go, okay, well, it all has to do with the lens that you look through. Yeah. Right. So you can kick yourself in the dick and you can swear and you can cuss at yourself. But all that is is a defense mechanism, mm-hmm. you know, and and what you have to understand is you have to allow yourself the the space to learn. Yeah. You have to open your mind up. Exactly. And not only that, it's like it's it's literally like an energetic thing, man. Like you are you have to like there's got to be a resonance with the whole group of people. Yeah. And everybody's got to be, you know, on the same frequency. It's for real. Like yeah. it's some real shit. Well, it, 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 I mean, if you think of anything, right? Like any, any time you've ever been around a group of dudes and there's one guy having a terrible day, mm. right? That guy brings everybody around them down, right? Like it's like, it's contagious to an extent or somebody that can control that to their, their own, you know, their own personality can kind of, uh, hold that in and be like, you know what, dude, you ain't bring me down, but I'm going to try and bring you back up. There you go. Right, and try to support that person, bring them up. Hey, man, that last one, I saw this thing that you were doing and it kind of messed you up. You should try this next or we can work on this mm-hmm. or like, let me help you with the, you know, whatever it is to help somebody else um, get out of that hole. Sure. There's an art to that. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, well, you're a good teacher. Mm-hmm. You, when you gave, well, no, no. When you <laughs> gave that, um, you gave that emotional, emotional scale class. Mm-hmm. Like that is completely and totally in line with everything that, that, you know, myself and Cassandra, Cassandra, like is studying that shit at Mm -hmm. a very deep level. And I'm kind of like, 
the, you know, the hanging on her back. Yeah. I'm just like looking over the shoulder and going, okay, well, like, um, when am I going to take that deep dive? I'll be next. Right. And when I'm, when I'm ready and present to be able to sink myself into it, yes, I'm going to be next. But the stuff that she's learned about that and talking about that emotional scale and being able to kind of like bring yourself back to that baseline of the baseline really is just a non-attachment. Yeah. It's a neutrality. It's neutral, Mm -hmm. right? It's it. If it's, if it's cool, that's fucking rad. Yeah. But if it's not cool, that's equally rad because that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, so we have this association that the performance has to have this meaning to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's why the fucking emotional scale goes, Up you know, goddamn through the sky, you know, through the sky yeah. and then down to the depths of hell and back up to the top of the sky like 10 times in one day. Yeah. And, and not only that, but like, uh, the people that are aware of it tend to, uh, one perform better, especially in, in a competitive setting or in even, even just an office setting, mm-hmm. the dudes that, that are having, you know, the, their, their terrible day, they don't hate, they hate their job. They're sitting at their cubicle and they're, they're like, well, I hate being here and all this stupid paperwork. You drive a really nice car to a job that you fucking hate. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, those dudes usually, man, they, they just don't have the control to be like, you know what? Like, I've got to do this for this, right? They're not motivated in certain ways. And, and, and realistically, they, they just don't have the, the ability to control them not wanting to be there so bad that they don't change it. Yeah. Right. Like, like we, we as humans like to settle, right. And, and human beings are inherently lazy. That's why we like lean on things. That's the way, like when we were standing up, we kind of like do that Slouch, one foot kind really of thing. Shitty posture. Yeah. And, and or mm-hmm. we, we like, we'll lean on one foot and let the other one rest for a little bit while and then we'll switch. But I and do that shit all the time. Yeah, we all do it. It's, it's a natural way of us like preserving energy and like, just us being lazy, mm-hmm. right? Like anything else. Um, but people settle so much. And like when, when you talked about it earlier, oh, don't, Phil, this, yeah, don't settle for, yeah, don't, don't settle for it. Right. Like when you put your bag down on a, on a, on a, a barricade or an obstacle or something, don't settle. If it's a bad bag placement, like fix it, put your, then put your rifle down on it. Um, and, and I loved it because I was like, yeah, I talk about it. Don't, don't settle with like what you've got. If you can change it. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? I mean, if you, have the, if you have the power and the capacity, which we all do, right? Because everything is perception, mm-hmm. right? It, it all has to do with the lens that you're looking through. And I'm fucking super guilty of that. Like, super guilty of that. We've, we've both been to events where it's like, one day it's you telling me, and then it's another day where it's me telling you. Or the same like, day. Or the <laughs> same day. One dude in the morning and then the other dude in the afternoon. Yeah. And, and you're just trying to fucking, you're just trying to navigate that the, you're, you're literally trying to navigate the human experience, Mm -hmm. right? This is, this is what it is, right? We're humans experiencing this fucking thing that we see and experience. And we have these goals. We have these fucking drives that Mm -hmm. we want to chase after. And then there's certain expectations that are attached to those, those desires. And when we don't meet those expectations, it's like a failure. Mm Mm-hmm. And we see it all the time with, you know, I'm sure you do too, with like people that cuss themselves out when they, yeah. when they don't do something. As, oh yeah. You know, it's like, we can be going back to that earlier conversation where it's just like uh, part of the conversation we were talking about, 
you know, do you have to be this fucking, you know, macho man, right. All the time. Mm -hmm. Or people won't take you seriously, you know? No, fuck no. Like you have to be a fucking human being. Yeah. Right. You got to be a human being. And I don't know. It's just, there's that, uh, the perceptions, everything. So when you change the lens through which you look, you can see things from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And then that can kind of allow you to work with a student in a different way. You know, um, coming at it from their perspective, right? This dude fucking flew here from halfway across the goddamn country. Mm -hmm. He spent a shit ton of money. He scrounged fucking ammo, right? And he's taking time off work. We were talking about this, right? So this is a big deal. Like this is people's vacation. They want to come here for a good time. They don't want to like constantly be kicked in the balls. Mm -hmm. So, well, maybe some of them do. Some people are weird. Some people come. Maybe you know, they 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 want to be challenged. They want to be challenged. There's a, yeah. I think. Well, I think there's just a difference. Yeah, in terminology. True. True. Yeah. So, you know, you want to make sure that this person has a, a, a good experience when they come here, or they come to any class, whether mm-hmm. it be your students or our students or whatever. Yeah. So they want to be challenged. That's a great. That's a great synopsis. Well, it's something. It's something I bring up all the time in in my classes. It's like, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one of my uh, one of my uh, one of one of my most hated things is people like to ask if this is going to be a class that is going to you know challenge an advanced shooter, and like I'm like, well, what what do you consider an advanced shooter? Great question. And, That's and, a phenomenal question. Right. I love that you just asked that. We should definitely. I want to circle so back. I want. I want. I want to hear what you. I'm sorry to interrupt. But oh no, you're let, good. Let, let's. I want to dive into what that is oh absolutely so so uh oh what what's you know is it gonna is it gonna be good enough for an advanced shooter right uh, and, and it's like it's like what do you consider and and uh and they come up with all sorts of craziness well you know i i've had 20 classes i was in uh the army for 14 years and like whatever whoa. whatever amount of shenanigans they want to bring up that means almost nothing because you're yes. you're just telling me time spent working on something. I've had TSA agents tell me that they spent 14 years in the army. Yeah, yeah, and and we we know what they do. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but when when I look at like okay, what is a quote unquote advanced shooter? It's it's just a shooter that has subconsciously competently established his fundamentals to to an extent that now he can perform those. And also be stacking other problems. So sure. I, I call it problem solving decision making, right? If if I can get you know grip sights trigger down um, when when it comes to handgun stuff, and that is no longer stuck in my RAM of my mind and my my conscious effort, then I can now put that in the back burner, or it's now subconscious enough or intuitive enough that I can now. Pay attention to what the problem is, make decisions. Um, I look at it like driving, right? So, right now, uh, I would I would consider all three of us uh, advanced drivers, right? Oh. Or or in in their in the quote unquote definition of an advanced shooter, right? We're advanced drivers because we no longer have to think about the pedals. We're not steering based off of angles. 
We're not thinking, okay, three degrees to the left, you know, for this change of lane, whatever. We're not thinking about that. It's all feel. Yeah. It's all by feel. We've, we, we understand it. We can feel what the cars are going to do behind the pedals. Like we, we're, we're in it in a subconscious method to the point that we're like on our phones, we're eating, we're stacking problems on top of it. Right. And then when a real problem comes up, like somebody slams on the brakes or cuts you off, your body reacts intuitively to it right. in a subconscious manner. And then you consciously curse them out, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like who the fuck? You know, it's like, no yeah. man, you're fucking texting you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> at, at the same time, like you would stack so many things that you didn't have to think, or you were doing so many things that you didn't have to think about going 90, 90 miles per hour mm-hmm. in a vehicle that weighs a couple tons. And, you were doing it like nonchalantly right. to the point that you could eat a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great that's a great perspective so, on that. So, so what I think of an advanced driver, as you just said, mm-hmm. very similar to an advanced shooter. Uh, comparing no, the, the two yeah. analogies is when you jump into a vehicle that's not yours. Mm-hmm. You feel the the pedals and the brakes. Right, and you're like, oh shit, that was super sensitive. Yeah. Right. Or you get into a rental. But after that first press, mm-hmm. you immediately adapt. You adapt. Right? You exactly. Im- your brain immediately <laughs> adapts to the way it feels. Or you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this throttles. is how this is gonna be. Or you jump into your, your wash guard. You're like, I don't want to move anything. Like, I, like, because if I move anything, she's yeah. gonna be fucking pissed off. So you just, you just settle, right? <laughs> That's why they have the and buttons, you, bro. And you know, well, this is like <laughs> some cars don't. Some cars don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. But I, I think that's like. To where like Kayla and I are, or 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 we want our students to get to to where like they're able to jump on any fucking ride mm-hmm. that's not fit to them, that is a different cartridge in it. But then after that first, whether it be a trigger press, recoil impulse, I got this figured out. Their their body is able to just immediately adapt, and exactly. there's no fucking excuses yeah. other than the fact that they are the reason why they missed out range. Right. Not. Oh, the fucking rifle's not set up to me. It's a fucking like it's a bigger cartridge. Oh, I don't like this bipod. Right? It's like it's (laughs) like bipods are too flexible. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That I always think about that when it comes to the like trying to compare like uh, advanced shooters Mm -hmm. and advanced like you said advanced drivers because everyone that's been driving for quite a long time like you said not are we and we're not condoning texting and driving or eating and driving right (laughs) yeah but don't do that it's bad it's it's a it's a it's always a great analogy and i'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly what that's great we brought up in we we were in class all the time yeah you go you're like well you got up in the morning you did your morning routine right Mm -hmm. you get out you go to your car like this is something that jacob talks about in his classes do you remember turning at all the points that you had to on your way to work? Yeah, exactly. Right? No, exactly. you fucking don't. You were listening to the radio and you were jamming out to your favorite music. You're on autopilot. Or you were thinking about your the you know how you were going to navigate the uh, the shittiness of the day that's facing you, whatever it is that's going on through your mind. No, you get to work because it's you've done it re- repetitively, mm-hmm. and your subconscious is saying you don't fucking turn here. Based upon the visual perception that your brain receives from your eyes, it makes the decisions, mm-hmm. right? And it's all intuitive at that point because you've done it so many times. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, and it, it goes back, right? Always, always goes back to driving. But the uh, the new driver, right? New driver of a gun, both of them, right? <laughs> they 
are consciously working on every little thing. It's like trying to find, it's like trying to teach somebody how to drive a a manual manual transmission. Exactly. So, I mean, that's like a, that's a skill that's like virtually non-existent nowadays. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, trying to teach somebody, Hey man, so if you could explain what a clutch was, right. Mm -hmm. These two spinning wheels, right. That, that we're trying, when we let off this pedal, we're bringing those spinning wheels closer to each other. And we don't want to go, yeah. right? Because that's when shit fucking breaks. Yeah, you know? it's all janky. You know, we want to just like gently roll into that thing mm-hmm. and, and gently get them to kiss together, and then we'll get some forward momentum. Right. And then they're like, oh, that's what's really that's what's happening. That's how the fucking thing works. Sometimes, right? <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, man, that's how that shit works. So try to take that concept and apply it to this. Mm-hmm. All right, this skill that you're trying to learn and you're trying to teach your brain how to do repetitively. Oh, yeah. You know, every time it's, I think this shit's fascinating. I no, think it's it, super fascinating. It really is. And, and, and what's funny is like it, the same process, uh, happens for any skill you try to learn, right? If, if we went out and we were like, all right, guys, all three of us are going to go learn polo. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to learn how to hit balls with long sticks off horses. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's figure it out. Right. And, and we go to learn, we're going to be like, semi-retarded on those things for a while we're gonna try hit balls we're gonna miss them we're not gonna have like we gotta turn the horse much less learning how to ride a horse yeah exactly and uh and now you're adding more things to it but if if it was any skill we have to put in you know deliberate work we have to maybe break things down Mm -hmm. um maybe you have to learn how to hit the ball from that height first before you ever get on an actual horse you know whatever it is that that the process of learning that thing and take the time to actually put that into practice. So some people, like um, a good example, um, I've had uh, students come to class. Um, they're like, oh man, I haven't shot in months. I'm like, okay, uh, no big deal. Like, let's, let's see what you got, right? And they do their thing and they learn for two days straight and they, you know, for 16 to 20 hours or whatever it is that it takes me to complete curriculum because that's how I teach. I don't teach to a time. I teach to uh, like my what curriculum. points are we covered? Like what what I want to what I want you to go home with essentially. Mm-hmm. And oh um, my god, it's like you fucking yeah. It's like you're you're in our brain, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly get out of my brain, dude. That that <laughs> is Duffy. dude. The second I was or the, the time I was in Yakma, I was like everything Kaylin was saying. I was like, man, that's what I was thinking too, but like with different <laughs> contexts, like, um, but. But no, and like, and if I want them to leave that way, then they also still have to put in the work, mm-hmm. all right? They can't like leave and they're like, all right, I know it now. I got a certificate. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, no, you, you, you learned something. Now there's the work comes in, right? right? You have to work to practicing it, applying it in different ways, things like that. Right. You said something that over this past uh, three days that you've been staying with us. Uh, in the evening is is I want to leave my students with enough information that they don't need me anymore mm-hmm. oh, and man. like I was yeah. like that is fucking awesome and that's exactly how like yep. we talk about like but it, it's always humbling to see you come back to class this is your third class with us uh, Duffy and, and Four, fourth class. Fourth class. Is it our yeah. fourth class? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah did third, the, third time with you, but fourth time with Kaylin. Yeah, we did the LE thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. It, and, and it's super, super humbling that you're able to come back with us and 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 
grab something new every single time. Oh, yeah. You know, and, but like, I think one of the things that's hard, the hardest thing to do as an instructor or teacher is to hold back information, right? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes teaching too much information not as overwhelming Mm -hmm. to a student, you know, but it's it's damaging, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. And, and, uh, but like that's our goal, right? It's our goal to be like, all right, like on with the rest of the world, homie. Like, yeah, I've, I've, I've like given you everything that I could possibly give you. <laughs> but the reality is, ten percent of what I just said is the only thing that stuck. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's just like the five uh, percent rule. Yeah. So the five percent rule was introduced to me by Frank Proctor, mm-hmm. and he's like, all right, bro. <laughs> well. He's more like, all right, dude. So <laughs> he sounds like a surfer. Um, but he, he he's like, all right. So if you're talking to a group of alpha males, right, like dudes from the military, cops, whatever, and you talk to them for more than five minutes, there is only 5% of them actually listening at a given time. <laughs> like Pretty low numbers, dude. Yeah, really low, right? Because oh, you, just, you just reached an attention span that they're like, all right, let's get this over with kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and they may not, right, the ones that aren't paying attention or are on their phones or sleeping or whatever, those guys aren't ready to hear what you have to say because they're not mature enough to understand or digest it, right? Like, so um, I, I mentioned it, like, I think it was yesterday or the day before, but, you know, some of the students that come back to classes, you know, they come back and they're like, whoa, why didn't you tell us last time? It's like, dude, I did say it last time. But they may not have been mature enough as a shooter to absorb it because they, they just they weren't there yet. Mm-hmm. It was above their head or, you know, flew past them in some form or fashion. Or maybe they just weren't paying attention at the time. But, you know, you, like, you, you can't hear something if you weren't actually there, right? Physically and mentally there. Like, so sometimes it's that. But, um, but like, those students, like, they, they come back and they receive that and they're like, oh, my gosh. I've taken this class three times and I learned something each time because now I'm ready to hear that thing. Even if it was exactly the same class, which usually doesn't happen with any of us um, because we, we are constantly, you know, trying to grow. So, um, but it's funny because like even, even myself as a teacher, as a, a, a pretty competent shooter, uh, I've, I've gotten something from every single class because this subject matter isn't my forte, mm-hmm. right? It's not my game. It's not my expertise. It's not my SME, whatever it is. It is literally my, uh, like my enjoyment to be here, to learn different things because it's, it's always new and in, enjoyable for me, right? Like, like learning and having fun. Um, but each class I've taken, there's another load of information that I receive out of it. And it may have been something you guys said in every single class. Yeah, like, like we talk about wind in every single class. And sometimes it's, you know, especially this time it got changed a little bit, which was awesome because it, it, it came into my, my brain a lot better. Um, but each time I received something new about wind because I was ready to hear it. Like, I was mature enough as a shooter to hear it at that time, you know, whenever it was. The first class, maybe wind was above my head because I was thinking about my body position a lot, you know? Like, right. this time, though, right, I was, I was mature enough to input certain things and be pretty competent in them, like my body position, but guess what faltered, right? My finger, right? And my trigger, I was getting run in starts, and I was, I was messing up wind calls, 
right, this time. So I have two big, big things that I get to go home, take home, and practice now on my own. And you, you took what? How many, how many pages of notes? Five or six. Five, yeah. I, yeah, five or six today. And every time, man, you've always mm-hmm. taken copious notes. And this wasn't a, a like, heavy, like, classroom-based no. or heavy whiteboard-based course mm-hmm. either. This is very positional, very, very, I'll show you, you practice it, I show you how to move your to body, for. things like that. Like, it was cool. So I think what's interesting about, I wanted to say it earlier when you were talking about it, you said grip sights trigger. That's what, mm-hmm. that's, that's what you're, that's what pistol shooting as an instructor you're looking for right and like mm-hmm. i was like thinking of like that's our body position yeah. our aiming process yeah. our firing controls yep. right yeah. same and, same and same then what i think i think what's really intriguing about long range is the fact that now you got wind slapping you in the face with yeah. all three of those right because it's like wind doesn't care about your fucking body position no. it doesn't care about your aiming process it doesn't care about your fucking firing controls no. if you have all those three things down to a fucking t when if you don't you can't call win, woman will slap you right in the fucking face. Yeah, you'll, fuck you'll your couch. <laughs> fuck your I'm couch. Gonna, I'm gonna miss as consistent as the wind blows. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's like uh yeah, like I like that. Wind doesn't care about your problems. Wind's like that um that cousin that just comes over and stirs every pot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like everybody should, everybody's just hanging out, having fun, and then he kicks open the door, and you're like, oh, damn. Oh, man. Why'd you come over, wind? You know, yeah. like, but, um, but it's such a challenge. So it's, it's like you said, like, it's, it's fun because it is yeah. that kind yeah, of challenge. Yeah. Um, and it's always different. So there's there's no uh, consistency unless unless it's the same range and like the same days and like it. it can, yeah, you be, start to build. You start to yeah, build. Like you start to, build like understand. Understand. You start to mm-hmm. you start to understand, understand it and know it. And I think that's kind of where Kayla and I got toward. Obviously, the end of being an altist, you know, mm-hmm. we the first couple of days is a little challenging in terms of like um, the tailwind. That yeah, uh, trying to figure out the range and then giving students, you know, honest again guesses right because that's still what, what we're doing mm-hmm. with right me. but like you said the student automatically assumes right that we know everything right? yeah and so that we're gonna give them a fucking dead ass wind call but then sometimes we don't no right <laughs> but then we know that and we let them like hey that was a bad wind call like hold you need to hold this right mm-hmm. but you know as as Kaylin and i continue to see the range serve through glass what conditions we're looking for. Obviously, we became proficient with the the uh, the area that we're in. And, and for me, as an instructor, and, and I'm and I'm trying to relate to what you're you're talking about mm-hmm. about going to other classes and being challenged. That you're an SME, and one thing that I definitely uh, look up to you about is the fact that you're willing to get out of your comfort zone and, and go to other classes and, and seek new. Um, New uh, challenges. New Put challenges. Yourself Put yourself out there, right? Because you're a very uh, successful instructor in, in your own right. And um, it's cool. It, it makes me feel like I need to go out there and get out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. um, and and see. Because uh, I do want to work on my, my pistol skills, my carbine skills. Uh, I want to learn a little bit more about NVGs. Uh, or night vision stuff like that, and because it's all applicable, applicable, yeah. right? Um, it all has its place. And uh, and and what I love about your charisma 
and your attitude for each of the courses that you've been to us is like you said you um your uh, your smile this sounds super fucking homo over the fucking thing but but you're <laughs> yeah, like that's you, my you, smile. yeah i like your smile <laughs> you're just your attitude is super contagious with the students and they and and i feel that energy every time you're in class and i and i appreciate you for being you yeah yeah i mean i, I love being me shit's fun that's you know? just you gotta yeah. love yourself sometimes i love being me that's fantastic mm-hmm uh, but pretty sure I've heard that someplace. We, just all, we all need to fucking apply it. <laughs> but yeah. no, and, and realistically, though, it's it is like, contagious. Yeah, and that's that's the goal, right? Like um, when when it comes to like being being a, a person, like I don't know, I I don't like being around people that are just you know like they're gonna bring you down. Right? I I avoid those humans you know, the the best way I can, whether it's you know you're. Your parents that are like just naggy or like people that just aren't fun to be around. Or the first person that you hang out with and the, the very first thing they want to talk about is, oh, did you hear about this? Yeah, they want to gossip. They want to gossip. So, um, so I, I don't like being around those kind of people. And, uh, and I always try to change, change yeah. the atmosphere a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Because I like to be in an atmosphere where we're like, we're playing board games and laughing at each other or whatever. Like that, that kind of atmosphere where you're just, you're having fun with people, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're enjoying the, 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 the people that are around you, the, whatever you guys are doing, you're, you're laughing, you're just having a good time. That, that stuff is priceless to me because we don't get to have that every single day. You don't get to enjoy being around other like-minded humans every single day. Um, at least, I mean, most of the time we get to on weekends or, or most weeks when we're teaching and stuff to an extent, but we, we, we leave them after that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to me, when I get to hang out with friends, it's going to be a fun time. Right. And, and whether, whether it's me that reaches for like, you know, fun time is that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to turn my flashlight on and I'm going to guide you guys there. Because, uh, I mean, like, we're not going to not get there because we want, I want it, mm-hmm. right? I'm, 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 I'm motivated enough to get there. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm always trying to get to that point. Um, when people try to keep you in that darkness, man, yeah. like, that's, that's why I carry a flashlight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, that's good. so, you know, I bring that, that, that flashlight with me wherever I go because I want to, I want to bring that light to people, man. And, and like you said, it's contagious. All of a sudden, people want to got they want to come with you to that light. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Yeah, let's go, bro. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's go to the under the tunnel. And stuff. The fun's down there. That's let's fun. do it. Yeah. And maybe we could have fun on the way. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Don't discount the in between, right? Like, <laughs> don't, don't discount the in between. I like that. But um, but it, it's it, to me, it's that's the way life should should yeah. in, entail at least. One hundred percent. And and I think that's why we enjoy having you in class because I think you're you. And I don't know if you you you're doing this already with your community that you're building because you are building your, your own community oh, right? in your world. Uh, but I think that's what why you resonate with Kayla and I so much is your attitude and outlook on uh, that mindful. And I don't know if you know it, but the mm-hmm. mindfulness aspect of like just enjoying the things that you're doing. Yeah, right? absolutely. 100%. Uh, you know, long range for us and, and our community should be therapy, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's when you connect to that rifle, the only thing that matters is, and what's on your mind is, how you're connecting to that rifle. Mm-hmm. What matters at that present time, right? You're not worried about bills. You're not worried about fucking, uh, you know, uh, baby mama drama. Yeah. 
You're not worried about anything else other than putting that fucking 140 grain, 105 grain, 175 grain out to distance, 800 yards. And then when you connect, it's like, shit. I figured figured it all out. Like everything lined up to that point. How do I do it again? Right? Because (laughs) it gives you this feeling of emotion and, and, and just like... How how do I continue to recreate that? Yeah, right. it's it's like a it's like a good exhale. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, <sighs> like you're like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. You know, and it, it feels good. But the the other thing too is like you're living in the now. Mm-hmm. You're right there, right now, right. Like there's you're nowhere else at the moment mentally. Mm-hmm. You're you're not in the past. You know, you're not you're not being depressed. And you're like. Uh, Yesterday was terrible. Like yeah, you're not doing that. Yeah. You're not. How many com- we've had tons of yeah. conversations. You know, it's funny. Uh, we talked about this. I think two podcasts ago about like my uh, like two shots that um, like stand out to me the most. Uh-huh. Right. Like the like like best shots. Two of the best shots that have stood out to me are not even filmed <laughs> or recorded. Yeah. Right. Because I was in that moment. You were in the moment. I was in the moment. And like only the people that were there will obviously vouch for that mm-hmm. moment, right? But I'm glad, like looking back, I'm glad that they weren't recorded yeah. because at the at, for like obviously with people that see us and uh, our marketing strategy and always putting content out there, it's just another shot, yeah. right? But like because I was living in that moment, yeah, like you'll remember it. I will always remember that. Fucking, it was special. It was special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. dude. Absolutely. Cool. Oh, I mean, it's it's something that you know you you get to you got to enjoy with the people around you once yeah, again, yeah, right? Like, and yeah. en- you enjoyed that moment with yep. them. Like, that's it's it's priceless, absolutely priceless. Mm. It's not even worth using for marketing. Yeah, that's why I didn't film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did all filming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. It, it, shit, you captured a ton of content this trip, dude. Dude, what was good about it was that because we had such a big class. Yeah. It allowed us to like at the end of the day, and I, and I want to do this more. At the end of the day, uh, come back and um, watch them, right? That didn't know, and then be like, "Oh man, I need to pay attention to this guy a little more about his well, trigger control or or right." Well, you guys were talking about the the last subject you were on. I, I was I was listening to you, but at the same time, in the other side of my head, I was thinking about like all of the actionable information that we're being able to pull off the videos. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. and so. Like that's a tremendous fucking asset. Yeah, Super like we were tremendous. just doing before the podcast, and because I think I, could... I think that's what we actually wanted to talk about the podcast. <laughs> but we're an hour in, which is dope. This is how this is how our podcast goes. This dude. is that's how the way it is. Yeah. the way it is. But no, like like Caleb was talking about, um, you know how fast he is seeing himself get back on target uh, after recoil, and uh, and all of, and we're, you guys were using that trigger cam to see it, mm-hmm. and how cool and valuable video is for for learning about Big yourself, time. other people, all that jazz. But I then, al- so but cool. then also knowing why, right? Yeah. That, that what the the shoot house stage on the mover today, yeah. right? Like yeah. a lot of us, <laughs> fucking like I would say probably eighty percent of us. I think Jeff was the only one that 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 like hit the mover yeah. in the prone out of all the positions, <laughs> right? 
like and then looking back at my video i was like oh you fucking idiot right yeah, like 2.4 2. 4. <laughs> and then i was like oh that was too much we i'm gonna try 1.2 yeah, right? you know so what kind is that a level of complacency because the only two shots that i missed on that whole course of fire were the fucking prone movers mm -hmm. i think that's a level of complacency and overconfidence yeah i i I, I believe that i deal with overconfidence too much when i go to a stage i'm not focused on the processes I'm like in my head, right? I'm cleaning this. Yeah. Right. I got this. But yeah. but I think but there's there's books out there that I read all the time. Like obviously you're supposed to have an attitude for it. But then I think well manifestation manifestation is is real thing. One hundred percent. Yep. But but I think there also has there's a fine line between that right like like almost like um yeah it's like you're walking on on a thin yeah, wall yeah 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 like and like, you could fall one way or the other yep like uh like uh, bragging or raising awareness right? right like boasting or raising awareness there's it's a like, big difference there's always a big big well, difference it's the, and it's the, also the energy that you put out yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're yeah, yeah, communicating yeah. whatever mm -hmm. yeah but but that yeah i think there's definitely like when you're overconfident just like that fucking it's like oh getting get prone i'm gonna establish my fucking hole and then i'm gonna run this and then Boom! <laughs> I'm like, like what, what the, the hell? Why is the dirt coming out? <laughs> <laughs> that target well, should be moving. Well, well, it goes back to what I, what I even talked about in class. It's like everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, yeah, right? And, it, and it's like it's like, oh, I have a plan that I was gonna hit this in the prone twice, and like my and plan went to shit, happen. and then my oodle loop is now all fucked up, and I'm like. Uh, uh, you go. You move to the next position with the thought process of, man, I might not fucking hit that thing. Like, if I couldn't hit that <laughs> fucking thing in the prone, you're living I'm in the past at that point right, right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're living in the past. So, um, so the, the, it's funny because like I, I equate the timer, right? I always, I always explain it in class before I start whipping the timer out. I'm like, listen, guys, you make a plan. But this little guy acts just like the men in black yep. little thing. Erase your memory for however long. Sure. And it's just gonna it's gonna erase your plan to an extent. But the more you do it, yep. the more plan is gonna stay, you know, intact before for it sure. disappears. You know, maybe you'll you'll forget the last part of your plan instead of the beginning. And then over time you're like, I got the whole thing in. Well that's that's one of the benefits of that trigger cam. Mm -hmm. Like being able to come back and go, I like to take really good notes after I'm done with my stage. Yeah, I saw you. Every single time, you, you kind of jotted it down on that little book. Yeah, mm -hmm. because that, it, I have like the process um, of what I do when I'm when I'm done, and I want to make sure that that information is, um, is, is like on paper now before I have a chance to, to dump it. Mm -hmm. But because you take those copious notes, now I can go back to that trigger cam footage and go literally frame by frame <laughs> and then go back and forth and go, what the fuck did I do? And then you can go look at the notes and correlate like where my headspace was right. and like what my afterthought process was and then you can connect the dots and you're like, oh fuck. Exactly. And and some people won't even recognize that. Um, and and it comes back to that emotional stuff, right? Like if, if you yourself, right, right before stage gets a text message and like your significant other's pissed off at you. Sure. Then guess what? Like that stage, yeah. if you can't get your head right and you can't bring yourself back up to neutral and you know, breathe it out or whatever it is that, that it takes to get you back to neutral, then <laughs> that stage is gonna go to shit. Yeah. Um, well you're not present. Yeah, because you're not there. You're you're in that text message like, oh, why is she so mad? Why she have to yell at me? Like whatever it is, or or phone call, or did I leave the oven on or oh crap, maybe the puppy at home is peeing on the carpet, like whatever it is in, in your life, 
that may be causing it. Like if you can't live in that moment, you're not going to get as much as you can get if you're. Well, you I think there. that's that's a big deal with like where people are with their attention spans in society nowadays. Mm -hmm. Right? What's the average attention span? Uh, it's like as, with a video. You look at metrics for a video, mm -hmm. 15 seconds. Yeah. I got 15 seconds to, to go, what? I got you, right? You right. Got, that's setting the hook. I got 15 seconds to set the hook. So, you know, when you look at that and you're like, that means that that person's mind is working at like fucking Mach 5. Oh, yeah. Right? Brain is a computer. So, we're, we are truly not present with, with the moment that we're in. Right, that's that's fucking proof, right? Mm -hmm. So, it's important to understand that that these activities that we do, in order for us to be good at them, we have to be present to receive the information that the act of doing it is giving us. Yeah, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So, um, I I read a book. I've read it twice actually because I couldn't. I didn't absorb everything the first time. I, I don't think I even absorbed it the second time. I may have to read it again. But uh, it's called Peak. P-E-A-K. Okay. And it's about um, how deliberate practice can help you achieve your goals, right? So um, being able to break things down to a smaller level. So uh, a good example, uh, the way that you guys break down bolt manipulation. Mm. Not just, oh, these are the two ways you do it. It's like, okay, so if you want to do a five count or six count, right? Five count and six, is it five or six or six and seven? Five and six. Five, five and six. six. So if you want to use a five count bolt manipulation, this is how it goes. One, two, three, four, and back on the trigger. Five. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and you, you break it down and each of those motions need to be done deliberately. Like mm -hmm. with you a hundred percent in your conscious effort doing that. And that's how you get that down. And you start building those neural pathways to that skill in your brain. Yep. Right. And teach your muscles and teach your body how to do all of this so that now, guess what? When I manipulate the bowl, I do it exactly like that because that's the way I practice it. You know what's weird is that it's almost it's like my brain knows when to do two different types of bolt manipulation. Yeah. And right. and that could be hundred percent true. Yeah, like, like I know if if I need to run that if I need to run it super fast, I'm grabbing the handle and I'm going through. But if I want to keep things mellow and, and chill, I operate the bolt in a different way. Yeah. And it's like my, my brain knows the difference based upon the visual, right? The visual stimulus that I'm getting from and, either the sight picture or the cadence of fire that I need or my brain saying, hey, you got to fucking speed up a little bit. Yeah. And it's the same exact thing when you guys know oh, I can be more lackadaisical on my trigger and I can go faster right now because that target's bigger and it's closer. Right. You know, same, same. Right. And it's the same thing like uh, like for me when it comes to like laser and light manipulation on rifles. Like I know when to use which one in that moment because, hey, I'm going to stay under night vision and use my laser and wreck that dude. Or, hey, it's time to use some light because I have to use some, you know, commands or I need to use some light because I need to counter other light. Mm -hmm. Right? Because... It's a whole photons and fighting photons. Fighting photons. Or photonic barriers. Photonic but barriers. Defeating the photonic That's barriers. for another night. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so like you can, your brain needs to know when to switch and do certain things. Yep. And if you don't practice both of them in that environment or utilizing it in that circumstance, 
uh, you may not know when to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, <laughs> I've gotten this a lot when when law enforcement um, they a lot of dudes carry lights on their guns, right? Weapon amount lights on their handgun, which I I'm a huge fan of, right? Like my handgun that I carry every day has a light on it because it gets freaking dark every day. Um, but they never practice with it. Mm. And I had a lady cop. She was like, hey, Duffy, like, how do I, like, how should I turn on my light? And when do I use it? And I'm like, well, you have one. Well, you, you have the light on there. You, you've never used it. She's like, no, and nobody's ever taught me. And uh, we've never shot with it on, like, using it. So I have no idea, like, what like what is the circumstance? How do I go about it? So I went through these different methods of turning it on and establishing your grip and reestablishing your grip because it's it, you're breaking your grip to, to activate it. And um, and then once she established it, like, it's just back to shooting. But, like, when do I use it? Well, if you can't ID and, and PID, like, hey, that guy's got a knife, whatever – it's time to use it you know mm-hmm. so it's it's down to that but then other factors come into play when you start shooting with a flashlight on <laughs> guess what you get carbon in the air you have all these particulates and things that start blocking your sight picture things like that now you have these barriers in front of you that now you have to counter as well mm-hmm. but if you've never experienced that five rounds into it you're like where'd everybody go yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that guy a magician he just poof you know he's still there (laughs) no he's he's probably still there because you may have missed um but but grand scheme of things is like you they never put deliberate practice into any of those little individual skills sure now they're a complete you know overload in that moment and their ram is maxed out they still haven't practiced trigger presses, so they're trigger terrible. Their Crushing grip is bad. Stuff. They're they're compounding the the whole thing, making a, a pile of shit that's going to topple over yep. at some point. You're stacking shit too mm-hmm. high. So this is uh this is why we have checklists. Absolutely. Right? Um, it's funny. I had a uh, student talk about. Uh, it was I don't even know a student or a follower or he was he became a student at one point in time. Uh, but he had seen on one of my posts and he made, uh, yeah, he, w- he became a student because he was a follower at first, mm-hmm. right? Made a post or comment, uh, about like how like checklists are dumb, right? Because you should have like everything built into your subconscious. And I understand that. Right. <laughs> but like you, you said, having deliberate practice of like single point of focus, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, when I'm building my shooting position, the very first thing that I should establish is my body position, right? Um, after, well, I should, the very first thing I should do is ground my rifle, uh, whether it be in the prone shooting position or uh, on a barricade, right? right? Once I ground my rifle, then I build my body position. But these are all the deliberate things that go into my body position, right? Uh, how my rifle to body connection feels, how my, el- my what, what is my uh, shooting elbow doing? What is the grip of my hand doing? What is my support hand doing, right? Where is my center of gravity, mm-hmm. right? All of these things need you need to be obviously aware of because they influence they influence your not only stability but your recoil management, right? And as soon as you connect to that rifle, you will immediately know when your body position is fucked up. Yeah, you're gonna know because it. your wobble zone is gonna tell you. <clears throat> but that's. That's only if you use a checklist to learn it. Exactly. Right? right and the checklist right. leads to subconscious exactly. confidence. Like as pilots, we we you pretty much live and die by checklists. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, some points in time where the checklist 
you get it to the point where it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm I, I'm going to, I'm going to go through the motions. Yeah. But you still physically take the checklist out because it's a checklist, mm-hmm. right? We hit everything. We go, hey, fucking manifold pressure, manifold pressure, fucking this, this, all these things. Even though your brain can do it without the checklist, but we do that because number one, we can't afford to miss anything. Right. Right. Because we can have it's really an stupid thing. Yeah. <laughs> People do it all the time. They land their airplanes without fucking putting the landing gear down. <laughs> right? I mean, I can see that happening. Right? Because you didn't fucking do the checklist. Yeah. You got complacent enough to a point where you landed your airplane without the gear down. Yeah. And so then- that shit happens. Oh, yeah. Um, so a checklist is only as good as the, as the, as the person who's following it, right? You have to be able to follow it. Exactly. And it's, it's like us getting in the prone in the, in the shoot house. Uh, we got complacent. We didn't, we didn't do everything that needed to be done. We skipped something Mm -hmm. and that's why we missed missed shots. Right. Uh, and that, that complacency or overconfidence and, and both of those lead, um, to either based off like your emotions in the situation, right? Right. You're overconfident because you're like, ah, it's no big deal, right? You're, you're yep. overly positive in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Didn't go back to neutral before that. Beep. Yeah, right? And then exactly. same thing. If, if we're complacent, it's because we're in the negative because maybe we're thinking of something else or whatever. And, uh, or like... Dude, that's all happening within fucking nanoseconds. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, oh, yeah. It's all happening in nanoseconds as, the, as these fucking flashes of, of uh, stimulus come in and we're <laughs> processing it, right? And you know, you're like, ah, oh, I'm going to look like a dick if I press the trigger now. Fuck, yeah. I press the trigger now. <laughs> you know it's, what I mean? It's funny because like, um, and, and before that, that little beep goes off and stuff like that. Um, I know a lot of guys, they build like a routine, mm-hmm. right? They build a routine into their, their method before a stage. Yeah. Whether it's, it's the initiating machine. action. Yeah. And it like, just, just like a baseball player, right? They'll. They'll tap their boot or whatever with the it's fucking like, bat okay. and they'll they'll tip their hat or fucking whatever. switch on. Yeah, they're they're literally getting in the zone. Right? They're like neutraling I do that. out. I do that before before I exit from an airplane. Yeah. In skydiving. And, like, and I have a specific routine that I do every exactly. fucking time. Before every stage, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I always wipe my hands off. So like I do it when I shoot USBSA, I do it with two gun, I do it now with with this. Like and I I, I physically brush off all the things in my head mm. like physically do it to my legs and take a deep breath and exhale and then i'm focused mm. and like you may see it in the videos it's called like dropping in yeah i'm, I'm literally there exactly yeah, you're dropping and, in. and i'm in the zone because nothing anybody says nothing that happens in the world other than a big meteor hitting us is going to change something from what i'm trying to focus on and get get in the zone so that like right there like, right, and I look at the position, I'm gonna drop my bag, and I focus on that. And I'm like, all right, bag's dropped, where's my target, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I get into getting into the stage, but it it all starts with my little routine of brushing it off and neutraling out. Mm-hmm. The best I can, at least, right? Is, like, it doesn't always It happen. doesn't always work. Yeah. Is, it, is it sad that me getting, I'm like thinking about, like, what is me getting in the zone? Is it sad that, like right now, me getting in the zone is making sure all my cameras are on. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and it's it, it's bad so it's because part of your it's a part of my routine. But mm-hmm. I like it's also 
not super distracting, but mentally overwhelming. And 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 yeah, what's ha- what's happening is that my mental capacity and being worn out happens a lot sooner than every other competitor, right? Because I'm firing on making sure that oh my camera angle's good, all this stuff like. Yeah, I'm like worried about the stage, but for me, when I go to a match and I'm I'm dealing with having to grab assets, right? Um, I'm essentially like I'm not completely and utterly focused on the task at hand, mm-hmm. right? And and so, uh, but it's become so routine that honestly, a lot of my higher finishes have been with me putting up a camera, right? And, and, and setting a camera up where I didn't, where I didn't have a camera set up. Like I had, you know, uh, you know, okay-ish finishes. Right. Um, but, uh, but like, I, I still, at the end of the day, like I enjoy putting out content, especially after this, uh, last class that we just did. It's funny. Um, we, Kaylin and I typically teach nothing but whiteboards, mm-hmm. right? And like we swear by whiteboards because like we saw as instructors at cyber school like death by PowerPoint, death by PowerPoint, yeah. right? <laughs> and it was like within five minutes, fucking glossy eyes. Everybody's checked out. Everyone's checked out. We're in this fucking Kwanzaa hut that's super hot, no fucking AC. You got nothing but fucking twenty year olds that are fucking hot and sweaty, and it's just nasty, right? Well, we wanted to get away with PowerPoints. But then uh, here in Altus, because obviously they've got a very nice facility, we've got a classroom environment, it was cold, we're like, hey, let's just bring everyone inside. Yeah, and they have lunch break a fucking, so. you know, smart TV that connects to your fucking, you know, laptop, as long as you have an HDMI cable, and it's got AirPlay. Oh my fucking God, the amount of... So useful. Dude, to be able to uh, bring up trigger cam footage... Or um, I would say mainly trigger cam footage, but mm-hmm. other videos, and and then really like walking them through the ballistic calculator, mm-hmm. right? And then like, hey, that this must is, have been awesome. This is party. this is how I'm able to see the numbers in terms of like what really matters. Mm-hmm. Like like when you have a wind at you know a 45 degrees or a full value wind, like what. How much like wind is actually being deflected? Yeah. How does right? it change? Exactly things? right, and 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 uh, me because I'm so used to flowing that because I've taught the class so many times. I'm assuming they're catching up with me, but now instead of them trying to do it, they can just see me do it mm-hmm. and then see the numbers for themselves. Yeah, and and, and I think it was it was priceless because uh, you took one of my runs that I bombed horribly at, and uh, the the troop line. And uh, <laughs> and I was like I was like man it was really bad but it showed a lot of things that were really good teaching moments that would have never ever happened if we didn't have that capability or right? we didn't have that smart TV that you could have just th- thrown it right on and uh, and during lunch while we're smacking food down you're like all right check this out and this is where Duffy kind of fucked it up and this is what happened here and and like just seeing like how it kind of all fell apart. Yeah. And listening to what we were saying in between, it was it was cool as hell. It, it, the whole class at that point became engaged and like was it was like a aha moment for everybody, even yeah. even us as instructors, right? Because a lot of times, and that's one thing that like I wanted to to change my verbiage, and, and I think the very first thing I said on day one was like, "Hey, 
even though we are the ones facilitating instructions, we are training with you yeah. because we're learning as much as you are from us as we are from you, mm-hmm. right? And uh, this is the birth of uh, the quote that I said today, which is, uh, don't let there be wind if there's no wind. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Right? And, and, and <laughs> it's such a mental <laughs> aspect. Dude, that it. is so, it's so, because it's, I fucking deal with it all the time. I'm like, yes. oh, there's some right to left mirage. I've got to at least hold two tenths center from the plate to the right. Boom, and it goes where exactly where my fucking center crosshairs. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, <clears throat> you have to take a chance. You're taking a chance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's the only way you're gonna learn. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. And you have to take so many chances to build your confidence to say, my chance is fucking right. Yeah. Yeah. And hundred percent. And yep. yeah, you have to get uncomfortable a little bit. And show up. To you learn. Just, you always have to show up, mm-hmm. and you and it. Well, it depends on how you show up. You can just show up with a shitty attitude and get the results from a shitty attitude. Mm-hmm. You can show up with a positive attitude, right? And get the results from a positive attitude. Meaning, I'm truly here, like we were talking about being present. I'm truly present here to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not fucking easy to do. It's so easy to say, but it's not fucking easy to do. Well, well you know, two people that are on this podcast that I would definitely love, like, for them not even to state their names right mm-hmm. but like to be on this podcast that were in this class mm-hmm. that have years of experience of being a sniper mm-hmm. being in a, a combat role and it was very very humbling to hear them s- talk about what they learned speak and, the words they spoke, and spoke yeah. the words like because because i'm usually a good judge of like reading body language and like I didn't feel that at all, maybe because he's got a really good poker face. But then when he was able to tell me and Kinlan, like, I was able to take away this, this, and that. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you did not, like, display that at all until you said something. Yeah. Right? And and uh, it was super cool. Like, like you said, having a positive attitude. And that's exactly what they came into this class doing. And they were able to get... A lot out of it. Yeah, they're they're true. They're just they're true professionals. True professionals. Right? They, they the, are true professionals. Yes. Yep. Hey, I'm here to fucking learn, and I'm going to do it the way that you asked me to do it, mm-hmm. so that way I can truly immerse myself into your program. Yep. Even though, you know, it's going to be difficult for me to apply this because I've got a lot of years of doing it the other way, but I'm still going to make the effort because I'm a professional mm-hmm. and I'm here to fucking learn. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, so, and you don't know unless you try. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If it, I mean, it, like, like I, <laughs> I love, I love it because I, I call it discovery mode. Right. And you guys call it discovery learning, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing. And and putting that into students to actually try different things, I love it. I I love giving people options and like, all right, guys, you can hold it like this, 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 this. this. Let's try, mm-hmm. right? Let's give them, give them, give them a try. Give them, give them that honest college, you know, effort to go ahead and and see if that works for you. See if it doesn't. I find that the more vocabulary and the more detail mm-hmm. I use to explain something, it helps the student like figure out how to explain to me what they're experiencing. Yeah. Right. So sometimes the classes can be a little bit more on the detailed side where. 
you know, the mentality is let's just go get them shooting. Let's get them shooting, make sure everybody's happy and shooting guns and stuff and having a good time. But the reality of it is, is that like, I, I feel as though that I have more success in getting that student to get where they need to, or they want to go by taking that time and being really detailed with it to give them a little vocabulary mm-hmm. to describe what the fuck is happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, honestly, man, that trigger cam has, has truly like, it really has revolutionized how we can diagnose things and really pick things apart just by going through the footage and, and then seeing student footage or, or allowing students to watch the footage yeah. um, and For see sure. what's happening because like what we figured out that it was like, from the time the from the time the recoil impulse hits, to the time I can see a stable sight picture and witness something, you know, mm-hmm. was half a second. Yeah, you know, filming at sixty frames a second, you know, we can go frame by frame, and go one, two, three, four, five. Okay, that's thirty-two frames. Yeah. So it took me a half a second to recover from recoil, see your impact, and then start start that brain process. And, and my time of flight, which is interesting. My time of flight, and we were shooting that 500-yard mover. Mm-hmm. My time of flight at 500 yards is 0.6 seconds. Yeah. So within that fucking tenth of a second, <laughs> I am processing information mm-hmm. that fast within a fucking tenth of a second. Yeah. Because after that, it's gone. Because, because realistically, it, when, you are, when your brain is processed because you've been, your, your brain is conditioned to it, right? And, and I'm like thinking about this. By the time that you recover from recoil within that split second, then you see your shot. It's not like yes. it's not like you are seeing the splash of your shot. You are seeing your shot go in right that. into the yes. dirt. Exactly. Within that point one second. Yeah. Whereas and this is where um we talked about uh, uh No, do you go home and shoot s- your spotters not being good spotters, right? Oh yeah. Right? Is is they're catching the top of the splash, which indicates, oh, he's high. Yeah. Like, no, he's not high. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, that thing is that actually like when you when you go home, put put that thing on your BR and shoot it from a standing position mm-hmm. from a bag, just like we were doing on the mover, mm-hmm. and see what your recovery. How many frames does it take you to go from? You know, recoil to loss of back. sight picture to stability of sight picture. Yeah. I'd be I'd be really interested to see that. Yeah. Because if a six five, you know, if like a six five Creed more that rifle weighed twenty pounds, with a muzzle brake, um, tuned. Yeah. Right. If it took me thirty two frames to recover and get a stable like that would be interesting to do a comparison of. Yeah. yeah. That, that might be actually something that you could quantify. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean you. You technically are. You're gathering data. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, it's already known, right? Like, obviously, that's why the six BR or the six six variants, six mm-hmm. Creed, six BR, six Dasher, um, six GT are very now common uh, for competitive shooters is the low recoil. But now that we're able to, um, uh, like you said, quantify that information to our students, right? Because we're not just catering to competitors, right? We're, we're trying to uh, uh, gather information for all archetypes uh, right. of long-range shooters, right? Mm-hmm. So that you have a better understanding that, hey, you know, you need to know that when you bring a 6.5 Creedmoor to a competition, 
you are already at a not only a ballistic disadvantage but a recoil disadvantage because this is why right mm -hmm. right exactly for sure right. and um, then then that causes the like all your follow-up shots to be slightly slower which is time spent plus which is you know, yeah. like we broke down with students it's like hey man you got a 90 second stage mm -hmm. yeah. and you have 10 positions yeah. to get through yeah what's your time budget yeah right so you're gonna eat up time in all of these little areas yeah yeah and the dude with the dasher was just dashing through him dashing through the snow something something you know it's interesting you know when i i'm um when i i told you about that i okay so i i posted that i decided that i was going to do a 6bra mm -hmm. because i've been kind of like a miser about that shit and i've come to the realization that it's like a it's a fucking real thing like you're going to have an advantage of being able to see all of that information it's distinct right and you know the comment is well no it's not about the cartridge or it's not about the caliber and it's like mm. at a certain level it does become. and it's like yeah absolutely at a certain then why do you shoot that yeah. why have you decided to shoot that yeah you know that's right and have you like do you have a one cartridge answer to yeah. everything yeah. and when you do like that's cool like yeah. let me know yeah because there's a reason why we have multiple cartridges and multiple mm -hmm. calibers right i was talking to um my friend's dad shoots uh he used to shoot silhouette, offhand silhouette, like the, the turkeys and the rams and okay, right, and those dudes chase those cartridges. He's like, I want the most balanced rifle because it's all offhand shooting, mm -hmm. right? It's all offhand shooting. These guys are shooting like all kinds of crazy wildcats, like six millimeter wildcats, because they wanted a bullet. The bullet needed to knock over the ram at 500 yards, which you've been out to Paula, right? You've, those fucking things are pretty heavy, right? So the bullet needed to knock the fucking ram over in order for it to qualify as a hit. Mm -hmm. But they also needed light recoil, right? Right. So they're trying to figure out like, okay, what's the minimum power factor that I can get this fucking bullet to recoil lowest because I know that the process of recoil in the offhand position is can drastically influence my my vertical spreads, oh, yeah. my accuracy, right? All these things. It take a couple seconds. Yeah. So they were chasing this shit, and he talked to me about it all the time. He's just like, "Oh yeah, we use this fucking wildcat. I can't even remember because they're like he was spitting out cartridges that I had I'd never heard of before." Hmm. And he's like, "Oh yeah, man, we all used to shoot this cartridge, this club, and." This is why we did it, and we had this guy cut the reamer, and you know yeah. we did. A, I'm like, man, you guys are gangsters. Like, this is fucking cool. So they're always trying to look for a better mousetrap, right, to solve that particular problem that they were solving. Well, I mean, if if you you look at anything that, uh, like, all these guys that have to do this, let's say for for a job, in the sense of like we got to go hunt humans, right? They always look into well currently in the last like i would say 20 years they've started looking into the competition space mm -hmm. because they're like okay what well, what are they doing because they can do this way faster more accurate and and continue moving on from that position and how it applies is that you're you're seeing well, i mean who doesn't want to be faster and and more be more efficient. efficient when it comes to fighting other people like we all want to be so the 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 proliferance of red dots on handguns 
came from a competition side. They've been on handguns for 25 years. Mm-hmm. It was only in the last five or six that we've started seeing people gradually move on from there and put them on guns again, or put them on defensive or offensive firearms. At that point, like, it's crazy to see, but the same thing is happening all the time, even in your space, where, like, you get, you get military or law enforcement snipers that are now learning PRS-based skills right to now better their skills in what they're applying them to Mm -hmm. and that's why like it doesn't matter oh it's a game or it's not a game or whatever it is like it doesn't matter because it's it's just skills you're learning a skill that you apply however you want to apply it shooting is shooting is shooting exactly shooting is shooting is shooting it's um it's it's really they are all the same concepts yeah so i see i i think it's funny and, I do too. And it's... the the only thing, and and we were talking about it the other day too. It's like <laughs> like ballistics on on things. Like, well, what is this bullet gonna do to a human? You know, what is this bullet gonna do if I shoot him here mm-hmm. or through glass or through some intermediate barrier of some sort? And yeah. like, and 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 people lose their minds over it. Right. Absolutely lose their minds over it. Because <laughs> there has to be an answer. Yeah, but yeah, what man? Any of these bullets doing any of the things that you put them through may not do exactly what you want. Exactly. They're, exactly. They're an inanimate piece of And you have metal. to have the problem-solving skills to be able to identify, oh, fuck, that didn't work. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is still a problem. And, and hence why we want to see where our impacts are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And like, like I, I talk to people about it with red dots. You know, I want to I be able to call my shot with a handgun. Right. I don't care how far it is. I want to be able to call my shot because if I can and I, I know exactly where that dot was before recoil started happening and check, check marked up, whatever it did, now I can better judge what I just did to that target, whether it's human, not human, whatever, it doesn't matter. But now I can make a better decision on whether I need to make a follow-up shot exactly. or maybe I need to get closer because that shot was terrible and I probably missed. Um, maybe I, I need to, I need to do something different. I need to stabilize my gun, whatever, whatever the, the answer is to the problem. But I wouldn't know if I didn't see it happening live in front of my face. Right. Um, like, like today and, and yesterday, even like all my misses, I was trying to call them out to myself yeah. out loud because one, it lets me know that, Hey, that miss off the left side. I called that shit because I saw my reticle drift exactly. that way, and that's why I missed that thing. Exactly. And I saw the miss before the miss happened. You know, like the trigger's being pulled, and I'm like, dang it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it takes that maturity to start seeing that. It starts programming the brain. That's where I, I mean, that's another point to where your dialing for wind has a tremendous amount of merit. Mm-hmm. It's a single point of focus, it's the same effect as shooting movers. Yeah. Right. So you're trying to have two converging points of focus timed perfectly and ending with a physical act of pressing, mm-hmm. of pressing the trigger. Yeah. Right. So you're trying to, you're trying to do pretty much two things at once and then add a third, right. On instant demand. Yeah. And so by, by minimizing that process and kind of the same thing with, with wind hold, right. So you have to be able to count over find it and then go yep that's the one i need center whereas like dialing i can totally totally see single the point of focus it's a single of point of focus there's a fucking dot right in the center of the yeah, target yeah, yeah, yeah. because now that we have the trigger cam you can see your sight picture wander yeah if you know you can see it wander you're like well why the fuck did i why did i drift that over to the 
<clears throat> Why did I drift it over a tenth to the right? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that all about? Yeah. So the single point of focus though, it's like your brain, your, your focus right on that center dot. And, and so, you know, what that allows me to do is, is that now when I make micro adjustments, I don't have to focus on uh, two tenths of a middle to center. I can All focus. I can, I can a my, tiny little spot my, on the target. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, Ooh, I need to just hold now, just right a center with my dot on the plate. Right. Mm-hmm. And make my micro adjustments yeah. as needed. Yes. And you can see them. And I can and, see them. And we're like, you're able to shoot. You're able to shoot that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you're yeah, able to yeah. shoot inside yeah. that. I, and honestly, like, I've been on all my troop lines that I've done since December. I've been dialing. Even the practice troop lines, the troop lines we did today for our little like uh, uh, comp- like day one day competition, all my troop lines I dialed. So are you are you are you are you dialing are left handed winter shirts? No. So this the the callus that I brought for this Tika down here was an AMR right with a right with a right. So it was easy to just reach up and dial, but I have no problem reaching over the top of my left. And what's nice about it is that I know what my wind is now. Hmm. Like I can see it like, oh, like I've dialed three tenths left. Right? It's just Where, opposite. Whereas like if I, if I lose it's pull left, it's pull left, push right. If I lose focus on my rifle with a right side windage and like, I'm like, oh fuck, like what, what is my wind dial to? Now I have to break position, roll over, be like, oh, I'm three tenths, right? Whereas like with the left side wind, it's just yeah. like, oh, I'm four tenths dialed in right now. Right. Yeah, you could already see it with your left I, I need to, I need to add another tenth left, or I need to drop a tenth. So, you know, in keeping with fucking having the the <laughs> immersing myself, I tried one of those Hawk Hill boards today, mm. and it's a definite. It's a definite time. Is that your is that your first one? That's the first one I've ever. I thought used. you've already had one. No, really? No. Oh, dude. Yes. I've never oh man. So I, I tried that thing, and I used the silo chassis on this glass, and then the the so the level comes out of the silo chassis, yeah. and the, you can yeah poke it out, and hmm. there's a little fucking level right there, and so that is perfectly. I have three now three data points right yeah. there in the peripheral. Yeah. I have my windage. I have my fucking dope. On the on the Hawk Hill board, and then I have the level. It's basically like a fucking in an airplane we call a flow check, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You just you flow across the panel, check all your shit. That's kind of cool, right? So, and everything is eventually, and you're like, okay, flow check. And we do flow checks like every fucking five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Just to make sure that the lever isn't wandering be. and whatever. Yeah. Making the process more efficient, right? Because like again, I'm a big fan of the onboard. I, I still use an armboard, but when it comes to precision rifle series and, and RL stages that are like troop lines that you they're all known distance, you're you've got time to make fucking wind bracket use a ballistic mm-hmm. calculator to make you know accurate wind holds. Yep. When, when the time have, when, you have, presents, when you have that data card there, oh, it's totally the different. amount of information that you're able to process. Right. Because you're not right after you engage a target. You're breaking position to look down, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You're breaking your aiming process. Then you have to reestablish your aiming process, right? And now that burns up time. Mm-hmm. Well, in this <clears throat> sport or, or whatever, burning up time means that you're not able to process wind changes or whatever the case downrange. Right. Agreed. Hundred hmm. percent. 
No, it's it's the truth. When I used that shit today, I was like, fuck, man. I, I literally have been... Handicapping own, yourself. I've been my own fucking worst enemy. Yep. Right? But, right, you would have never known that if you didn't try Bingo. something new. Bingo. And yeah. go outside your comfort mm-hmm. zone once more. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, which is something cool like like that that Phil was uh, talking about in class. He's like, oh, man, I've, I've started dialing again. Right? I've dialed forever. Right, and then stop dialing for another forever mm-hmm. amount of time, and then now you're back to dialing to play around with it and rediscover. Hey, is this actually useful, or is it just eh? I'm just gonna hold from now on. Yeah, for wind, and I think that's that's cool, man. Like I do the same thing with <laughs> with different handguns, yeah. right, or different different things that I play around with. Set up how how I set up a rifle or something. Yeah. You know, I mess around with it because, ah, you know what. Last year, yeah, I may have not been ready for it, right? Like, right, right. You know, but yeah. if I made this year, I may be ready for it. So, like, it's it's fun to play around with those things and and discovering new things. But but you would never know if you didn't go outside your little comfort zone bubble that people like to stay in. And well, this is the way I do it. Right. right. This is the way I've always done it. You know. So so uh, <laughs> there's like 99 percent of the things that Kaylin and I agree on. The one percent mm-hmm. is a candid buttstock. Uh-huh. But I always hey, give what myself. Did I do? What the, did I do? On I this? know, but I turned it back. Yeah, Shh. but I always give myself the benefit of the doubt every like quarter to go to the range, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try canning my buttstock, and I'm gonna force myself to, to try to, it. To, to try it to like it, <clears throat> and I just can't, right? <laughs> and so when when we we're in class day one, whatever, you know, Kalen talks about it, um, and, and 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 I understand. Uh, his uh, philosophy it makes sense right you're bringing you're you're getting it out of the way of your neck so you're bringing it more center line because that's what we want um uh, but when i have a student and this is the only time that i hate contradicting ourselves mm-hmm. right because the last thing that i want to do is when kaylin talks to and, and, and touches students like hey try this right because it's it's gonna you know probably hopefully solve your problems um I'm going to let him try it out before I realize, okay, right now, like, he's not mature enough to set that up his way yet, yeah. right? And he's not right? ready for it. He's not ready for it. <clears throat> and, and uh, but I, I don't want to immediately contradict him, like, oh, don't do that, because it's like, right. you're right. Well, you see that on, on law enforcement military ranges all the time. One instructor comes up, he's like, hey, man. Fucking put your right. elbow over here, and the other guy's like, "Hey man, don't put your elbow over there." You're yeah. like, what? <laughs> Which one do I do? <laughs> you know, but I uh, think it's um, it's also a little bit. I think it's it's body dependent too, right? Just like like everybody's bodies are different. Everybody the the way they perceive different things yeah. on their. I body dig it on the KRG. Like mm-hmm. I dig it on my whiskey yeah. threes and my um and my my uh, X rays, but on this on the CELO, yeah. I can't. Yeah, it, it doesn't. I can't do it. It, the way the the way the butt pad of the seal is yeah. that it's long and narrow, narrow. Yeah. and um, just feels different. It just feels different, right? Mm-hmm. And it feels like it feels like when it's canned, I can't. It feels like the gun moves, right? It, as it's it, recoiling, it makes like a move, it, like a yeah. sideways movement. Exactly, it's yeah. like something asymmetric is happening. And I don't like it. Well, it's just like it's just. I mean, like you said, body body ergonomics and body mechanics. Like mm-hmm. Kalen's gun, I immediately know when I when I when I am grabbing Kalen's gun to to, to dry fire. Is I have to smush my cheek piece down 
because his cheekbones are a lot different than mine, yeah, right? Absolutely. Not not saying that he's using a high cheek riser, right? Um, but his for face him, is shaped differently. His, his face is shaped differently. <laughs> so I immediately know, hey, our length of pull is the same. But as soon as I get on it, I'm like, smush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's... It, that's the funny part. Like that's why that's why when people talk about grip stuff, like especially hang end stuff, I'm like man, look at your hands, look at my hands, look at that guy's hands. Like they're all freaking different, <laughs> right? Right. Also, that dude's got beefy <laughs> fingers and like he's he obviously crushes things with his hands, mm-hmm. right? Or that guy's a construction guy. You know he's using tools all day. That his hands are gonna be stronger. Yeah. His grip strength is gonna be different than your grip strength. That guy he climbs rocks. Mm-hmm. Like he needs to have amazing grip strength. Fucking like, Alex Hall, bro. Yeah. So so like when when I see all these people and then and then there's a chick in the class who who does nails for a living. You're like, oh, I wonder what her grip strength's gonna be like. You know what I mean? Like, like we could probably it's like guess. Heidi with it's yeah, like yeah. Heidi with that yeah, yeah. fucking Foundation. giant rifle, yeah. right? But but it's completely true. And like everybody's so different. It's like man, my grips may not work for you. Your grip may not work for me, and it's like, hey, just the way we manipulate different things are going to have to be different because we're so different. Yeah. We're all alone, our own little special snowflakes, you know? But <laughs> <laughs> what do you say about take the mush out? Yeah, so, so like in, your, in, in all our hands, though, there are constants. And the constant is like we got, we got squishy hands, man. Whoa. If, yeah. yeah. If, if you take like uh, even the listeners, right? If you take your hand out, flatten it out with your palm up. I'm, I'm flattening it out. And I'm, you go ahead and, and push on your palm. That's like how steak done this. Yeah. There, it's squishy, man. There's squish, right? You got that fatty tissue. Well, in your grip, your trigger finger takes advantage of that fatty tissue if your grip is loose enough. Okay. Right? And it starts to move the gun in your hands. So people, a lot of the times, are like, I got a great grip. And you're like, man, <laughs> the second you start pulling that trigger, you can see it. You visually see the muzzle start and just shifting to the side. Right. Because they didn't take the squish out or compress the squish in their hands. You could even you could even equate that to pressing a trigger, right? Yeah. Like on your finger. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. the squish out. The little squishiness in your and finger. if you're like if your wall if your wall I guess if your wall isn't strong enough to be able to take the squish out. Well, so here's here's the other thing. I talk about it with my shoulder, with ARs, right? Like with with an AR fifteen or a carbine and using it and trying to shoot fast. Mm-hmm. If I don't get the squish out of my shoulder. It's going right? to take advantage. It's going to take advantage of it, and it's going to be a floppy freaking gun. Right. So I, I actually teach pulling in pulling and in. rolling shoulder right. with an AR. So when you showed me that with with a bolt gun, I was like, ha, I, I love it. This. Same, same, girl. And uh, <laughs> and so so that application actually helps with a ton of recoil management because that's what I equate to the grip with a rifle is is I'm holding it with my hands. I'm actually pulling it with both hands, and I'm actually rolling shoulder forward. That's me actually gripping a rifle. Yeah. So that's the gripping process, and then the sights, triggers, all that jazz. But, um, but that that actually helps a ton with recoil management. You can physically see it when I use a laser. So I use my Viz laser on my mall right, to right. show this on paper, so students can see it. And I'm like, check it out. I'm gonna put no pressure in with my hands, no pressure with my shoulder. Let's watch what happens with the laser when I pull the trigger. Poof, right, and it goes to the top of the paper and comes back down eventually. Right? Then I go ahead and I apply pressure with my hands only and show that. Then I apply pressure with my hands and my shoulder and you can see that the laser move two inches and come back. 
and and visually all the students are now like oh that makes sense and then they go and try it i i will fucking put malls on on rifles and do that shit at 100 yards 100% can do it That's, depending on lighting conditions yeah like if it's super bright out yeah. i'm sure it's blown out but like if you have good lighting conditions mm-hmm. what a what a fucking amazing way to illustrate recoil impulse yeah i I didn't even think of that you can have them watch you with a maul on your on your put a vis laser on the on the target right and have them all spot through their scopes looking at your target and see what recoil looks like you could get onto a standing position right throw this fucking thing on the barricade either one be, they can see your hey, wobble. I'm super connected, right? They'll be able to see wobble, mm-hmm. right? But I'm super connected to the rifle. This is what the sight picture looks like. 100%. You could, yeah, I mean, per- perfect. Yeah. I have a Viz laser that is absolute trash. And I won't even say what company it is, but it's a terrible laser. But it's a pistol laser. Mm-hmm. And I use it as that same uh, style of demonstration for grip sights and trigger stuff right. with a handgun. So I'll remove my light, I'll put that stupid laser on, I'll co-witness it with my, my dot really quick and, and show students what it looks like to have a bad grip, mm. what it looks like to slap a trigger really hard and what your dot or your sights are going to represent in, in, in the glass, what it looks like, but with a laser so they can all see it. Sure. Love using lasers. We use them to like poke at things on PowerPoints. Why can't we use them to poke at things on a target? Mm-hmm. So I use it as a, as a tool to help me show students what I see through my dot. Because I can't, once again, we can't plug into each other yet. Or we can't Bluetooth into each other's heads yet. So one day. <laughs> but, but hurry up, Elon. Fucking um, Elon, baby. <laughs> but, uh, but currently, we can use visual items like that to help us. Mm-hmm. And I, I love demonstrating. And that's why I'm a big fan of, of having a laser, even on a gun that I'm just teaching with or whatever. Because it, it'll help me demonstrate things like that that, um, that others can't just see. Or me demonstrating with my fingers on the target or me with a little card that has a dot on it demonstrating on the target. That may not um, visually show you exactly what it looks like because I'm not giving you actual recoil. I'm not showing you what my actual wobble zone looks like when I stand up. Mm-hmm. So the laser projected on the target gives me so much data that I can hand over to the student visually while I'm talking and then actually show them all the bad things that I can do with my hands. Damn. The bad part is um, I'm doing bad reps, but it's for it's for science, so it's okay. <laughs> but um, but uh, I, I will I will extinguish <laughs> nine mil rounds and five five six rounds, sure, just to prove the point and yeah. and show these students that thing, and then I actually let them go out and go try these different things with it. Yeah, man. And um and it's it's really valuable I, I think as a, as a as a teacher utilizing those kind of tools will like they help the student and once again give them everything i can so at the end of the day or at the end of the class they don't fucking need me anymore right. hopefully right. you know it's it, it's always always reaching for that goal that they now they have the tools to successfully go out and practice and and self-diagnose uh to the best of their abilities at that point to now not need me standing over them anymore yeah, and helping that, them out. That's uh, that's one of my wife's sayings. Mm-hmm. She's like, I want to be able to, I want to be able to like get to a point where it's like you don't need me, you know, from from being a, you know, a coach, and saying, hey, like I want to be able to have a, a couple conversations with you to be able to get you to understand that 
you don't need me. Yeah. Like you've the got power, power is totally within yourself, <laughs> man. You just have to fucking figure it out. You exactly. gotta dig in there. And that's uh that's cool. A hundred percent. That's probably a good place to wrap it up, eh? It was, dude, this was awesome. About <clears throat> two hours in. That's awesome, man. Okay. <laughs> Didn't feel like two hours. No. It's like you're no, it's dude, like honestly, you're just like that five minute like, like run. run. Every fucking time I hang out with you, I learn something. Yeah. Like so yeah, thanks for coming out, man. Seriously. We all we all teachers, man. Well <laughs> it's you know, it's good to it's good to just, you know, like minded people that can that can have, you know, conversations like that that go, you know, way deeper. Yeah. And peeling everything back and being like, you know what, man, like this is really what I think and this is how I want to teach my students because this is my end state goal. Yeah. Right? And and it's and it's funny how quickly the 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 like mindedness connects like it's like oh you were just taking this route to that place too you know we were going to the same restaurant you just took a different road mm. you know and and uh and it's and, and to me that that's one of the coolest things about um hanging out with other teachers because not only do i go to classes as a student to learn the subject matter but i go there to like oh how are they teaching it you know how are they going about the way that they describe certain things especially if it's something i teach but at the same time, even with the things you guys teach, I can, oh, you know what? That's a great way that I can actually apply it to what I do. Mm-hmm. So um, not only do I learn as a student, but I'm learning more teacher as yeah. well. And, and that's why I think teachers should be students because like, you never know what you can learn oh, unless man. you actually go out Absolutely. and do it. Well, let, dude, honestly, the next time we do a podcast, I want to do it when we are your students. Yep. Heck yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. We want to make that happen. That's, How many rounds do I need? And yeah. do I need a red dot? You don't need a red dot, but I'll lend you one if you need. Or if, if you would want you to pre- Would you prefer a red dot? I do. Okay. It, it is such okay. a better diagnostic tool. It's the difference between using irons or scope. Okay. Like in okay. uh, my eyes. Um, but I'll lend you a gun with a red dot, dude. If, if, if you want to try it and you want to put in uh, like... No, I, I, I'd like to invest in a red dot. I mean, I've got... I mean, I... I wish I, I wish my handgun collection was as as, as fancy as my bolt gun collection. <laughs> <laughs> Considering the fact that they're a lot cheaper. Yeah, I mean. Uh, but uh, no, dude. I, like it, like Kalen said, man. Uh, the next time we see you, uh, we want to be your students. Yeah. Dude, I would I would love to have you guys in <laughs> class because I would love to see your take on what my class was like. Yeah. And how yeah. I project information. Yeah. Well, in the last yeah, fuck man. The last time I took formal pistol instruction was. Uh, shit quite a while ago probably like 2015 from mm-hmm. mike Seaglander. so but that's getting like like, like 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 uh you know duffy was saying that's us getting out of our comfort zone and, mm-hmm. and, and who knows what that might lead to not only us facilitating better instruction but us potentially you know um you know again taking things replying to the pistol and now applying it to the rifle that we we wouldn't even think of mm-hmm. right or or just didn't have the ability to explain until we see the way he delivers his instruction. Yeah, so. because uh, like my autism is weird, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys never know. You never know what you're gonna get. It's like a like you know the bottom of a, a cereal box. Um, dude, thanks again for uh, not only being who you are, uh, but thanks for supporting us. Thanks for being on this podcast. Um, let uh, let our audience know how they can uh, how they can reach you. Whether they uh, maybe want to take class from you follow you on social media, YouTube, all that stuff. Absolutely, man. And I, I like hanging out with you guys. It, uh, like-minded peeps, it's like it's always like hanging out with friends. 
and and closer and closer to getting like to family man and uh, i appreciate you guys uh always always being open-minded and let me like you know sift into your minds and figure out what, what's going on in there with when it comes to uh learning more about this um and I, I love i love that you guys are easy to ask questions you know like in class it's not like oh i don't know i don't know if that may piss them off you know it's, it's always easy to ask you guys things especially about stupid little shit like my can't you know so like i love it um but if uh if people are interested in knowing more about me um my uh, website is kinetic-consulting.net um i do things all over the country literally all over the country so um hopefully it's something near you guys but um my social media and everything my youtube channel all that stuff's uh, attached to my website so you guys can it's a, like a little hub so uh, you can link to any of that stuff through there but yeah, man. I'd love to have anybody in class that wants to learn. That's awesome. that's what I look for. Fantastic, man. Well, thanks again, dude. And um, until next time, keep your face on the gun. <laughs>